Hey folks, this is Wes Colton with the Introvert Unbound Podcast. For this episode, I want to talk about four things my successful coaching clients have in common. Now, I wrote an article about this, and it goes in depth about the distinguishing characteristics or qualities cultivated by those folks I've worked with over the years who have really taken their social situation to the next level, so to speak, who have gone from a situation where they're not doing particularly well in terms of dating or friendships, and then they incrementally improve things over time. And time and time again, I notice these folks have a lot in common. Meanwhile, I'll oftentimes work with folks very briefly or just be in communication with folks who don't end up doing coaching, who don't end up moving forward with a lot of stuff in their life, and they tend not to have these qualities. So the reason I want to put this information out there is not to shame those who haven't developed those qualities because we're all works in progress. We're all developing those qualities over time. Sometimes we fall back, but I just wanted to put it out there. If you're somebody who wants to get your stuff together, it's worth taking these folks as examples because they are living proof that this stuff can work, that putting time in to your development in terms of your social life can actually pay dividends. Because a lot of what we hear is, oh, well, if you're not naturally charming, you're just never gonna change anything. And that is the biggest, one of the biggest lies that's out there. That whole concept is called social skills, right? We develop them, they're not social gifts necessarily. Now obviously some folks at a very early age are precocious and for whatever reason they tend to tie themselves into society a little better. I don't think I was particularly one of those people. And it's for various reasons, maybe because I was just unusual or I had anxiety because I was very sensitive, those sorts of things. So over time, that compounds and makes you step away. Sometimes it's just parents teach them or if you have an older sibling, a lot of that, a lot of times that way you can actually develop these skills. Some of us don't have those things. Maybe we only have a few of those things. Maybe we don't have any of those things. It doesn't mean that we can't improve over time. But the thing is, it's not just gonna happen. See, that's what it seems to be. Well, if it didn't just happen, it could never happen. It probably didn't just happen for anyone. But the reality is if you're at a certain age, say you're your late teens or your 20s or certainly 30s and 40s, and your dating life, your social life, and how you interact with folks at work isn't going great, well, it's not gonna just magically change. It's not just gonna fix itself. You've gotta put some time into it. But the reality is you can, and I've seen this over and over again. The whole reason I started doing coaching is because I did this for myself. I was very skeptical of all coaches. In fact, I, I didn't work with a coach until maybe less than 10 years ago. But I did take lots of different information and I put it together in a way that made sense to me. And I culled out the stuff that I think is nonsense and I worked that in my coaching. Anyway, so over time I have the experience with these different folks so I can now tell pretty much pretty quickly whether somebody's gonna start improving and whether they're not. Of course, the very simple thing is number one, not afraid to seek help. That is the number one quality. Because if they're out there and they're just, you know what, it's fine, or I just wanna complain, or I just wanna talk about it to one person once in a while, yeah, they're, they're not gonna improve their situation. There's a lot of venting that goes on on social media. You can see 
probably literally millions of people who are complaining about their social life and their dating life. And for a little while, I was naive because I thought, oh, wow, I can help these folks. I've helped so many people. I've helped myself. This is real. I'm going to help these people. And I offer them these free 20-minute e-chat consults, right? I'm not really even expecting these folks to become clients. I'm just saying, wow, I'm just going to give this because this, this would be just be a beautiful gift. It's funny how many of them will just flat out, nah. And then I reiterate, oh, no, I understand. I'm not going to charge you or anything like that. Obviously, if you want to do coaching afterwards, sure, I'll ask you about that. But I'm certainly not going to bug you about it. I uh, just want to offer this just 20 minutes to chat about this and <laughs> they'll say no. And it's really, it's really very interesting. And, I, and it took a while for me to figure out what was going on there. Of course I knew, well, I'm getting these clients, but the clients are basically the ones who are ready for this and they're not afraid to ask for help. And these folks are, and I was trying to think why, why do they not even want to ask for help? Why won't they even take some free assistance here? And I realized over time it was about ego and you might be thinking, wait a second, these people who are on social media, they're bearing their souls about how they can get the date. That's ego. It is. And it's complicated. And I explain it pretty well, I think, in the article, if I if I may say so myself. Uh, so there's a little complicated concept here, but basically they're blaming the world for their problems, right? And obviously the world causes a lot of our problems. There's no question about that. But we can also do something about it. But they don't want to acknowledge that because as soon as they realize I can do something about it, then they'll have to be blaming themselves a little bit for their misery over the years. And they don't want to think in those terms, right? They just want to think, no, society's keeping me down. It's no limitation inside myself. Of course, the limitation isn't about their skills or their abilities or their looks or anything like that or their personality. It's just their unwillingness to take action and to put in the hard work. So all of that makes it so they just won't seek help. And it's it's a real bummer. It's really, it's sad. And at first I was taken aback and now I get it and I have compassion for these folks. And sadly, I just realized People who aren't ready aren't ready. There's nothing you can really do. Maybe you can put out information. I have this Facebook group called Introvert Men's Dating Support Group. And there are hundreds of guys on there who are struggling with dating, being introverts at varying levels of dating. And I'll post information there. So that's a pool where there's a lot of guys who don't really want to take action, but sometimes just want to look at some information. So some of them might move from the situation they're in into a situation where they want to ask for help. But I've learned that a lot of them are just never going to get out of that hole. And I just focus on those who are willing to ask for help. And I will admit I was not willing to ask for help myself. So I get it. I remember specifically the day when I started looking at some dating coaching stuff. Maybe I very preliminarily looked at some stuff. I printed something out in my late 20s and I was like, this is kind of nonsense. Forget about that. Then it was my early 30s. And I remember being at the house I was renting in the Northeast at the time. And I was kneeling down, which is 
is very emotional, even though I'm not sure if that's why. I think I was kneeling down just because my laptop was on some weird low table. And I remember tears actually came to my eyes and I was like, all right. And I just did some online search and yeah, I came across some stuff that wasn't super reputable and I spent a little bit of money and ended up wasting it and all that. But in, in retrospect, even if I didn't learn very much from that particular package, whatever that was, the fact that it got me to just say, all right, I can use some help, that opened the floodgates. So yeah, that that individual did help in that regard, even if they didn't have a lot of valuable specific information to contribute. But that's the step, man. Are you ready to ask for help? If not, think about why you have such a your ego, you're so obsessed with your ego, not that you're afraid of getting hurt or anything like that. You're just afraid to admit to yourself that you're holding yourself back. Okay, the number two quality of folks who end up succeeding is follow through, right? This seems super basic, but almost no one has this anymore. I don't know what it is, if it's to do with internet culture or just procrastination, or it's always been like this and I just didn't notice, I don't know. But doing what you say you're going to do. Now that's something I've typically done most of my life, so I was lucky for whatever reason, maybe I was just born with more willpower, or who knows what was going on. So this was something that I always had, but this is something really lacking in a lot of folks, particularly young men. And I see this very early on when I'm working with folks. So again, most of the time when somebody decides to be a client of mine, they're already kind of a winner. They're already somebody who, I'm not talking about their social life, they're winning in their dating life. They're just, they're coming to the situation finally and they're deciding that they're gonna do something about it. So they're already halfway there. That's what I tell them. You're already halfway there. You came to this and you're doing it you are halfway there and I truly do believe that. So this obviously is not your average individual because most of them don't follow through at all. Most people don't follow through at all. But even some of my clients, I do notice once in a while, they're just not doing what they're saying they're gonna do. And it doesn't mean that they don't respond immediately or anything like that. People got stuff going on in their lives. But you know, if they have a meeting and do they reschedule it, if they can't make it rather than just flaking on it, do they you know, actually follow up on the situations in terms of communications eventually, not you know, um, if they have an outstanding bill or something like that, do they pay it eventually? There is one individual who is a client and after, and I'll explain in a second what the, what the very common thing is, but this is somebody who just, he didn't wanna pay his bill. And, you know, fine, basically, if he didn't think what we provided was useful, and this is me being pretty vulnerable to explain how there, we had a client who was not interested in paying, but I'll explain why in a second. Um, basically, if he had just honestly said to me, hey, man, I just don't feel like I got much out of it and I can't pay that right now or I can't pay it at all, I would have just said, hey, that's fine. But instead, he lied and he tried to avoid the situation and... Here's what's funny. When he finally paid the amount, which was a fairly low amount, I feel like I did help this individual. 
because they came to terms with a situation that they knew they needed to do. I was persistent with them, not just because of the money that they owed me. Again, it was a pretty small amount of money. I just thought, all right, if I can't teach them anything, the one thing I can teach them is how important it is to follow through with what you say you're gonna do. But here's the reason why the individual, I believe, didn't get much out of the coaching. It's because he never did his homework. And that's the way I can tell a client who's going to succeed or not, is if they do the assignment that we give them and they do it, right? And I am pretty on top of what people's abilities are, so I'm not gonna ask them to do something I know they're not capable of, but I wanna push them a little bit. And the thing is, typically we'll do several sessions with folks I wanna see that they're doing stuff on their own. And also, what is the point of just coming to a session, practicing something, and then not doing it in real life? It's like, if you wanna just give me your money and then not do anything with it, I mean, I'll consider taking it, right? But after a certain period of time, if I don't see a client doing their homework, it's just, you're not really in this, this, you're wasting both of our time. I can be working with somebody else instead. So yeah, this individual would not do his homework and his homework was simply to go up to somebody with a dog, he liked dogs, and he had trouble talking to people, go up to somebody with a dog and pet the dog and say hello, say pretty dog, and then leave. He couldn't do that. So I don't believe that he couldn't do that because he was out and about, he was taking the bus, going to work. He just didn't want to do that, and that's fine. He really wasn't ready for coaching, and that's okay. Um, and it's because he didn't have that follow-through. He didn't do the thing he said he was going to do. If he had basically talked, you know, pet that one dog that week, I think not, of course, talking to one person and petting one dog would have changed it, but that would have built up that self-confidence in himself where, oh, I said I was gonna do this thing, I did it, maybe I can do the next thing. But he set himself up for failure by not even doing this basic thing. And I felt really bad for the individual. I'm still in communication here and there, but I don't follow up with the individual. I don't ask if they want more coaching because it's not ready for coaching. It doesn't have the follow through. Another component is being able to manage negative feelings. Now this is huge. This is huge no matter what stage you're at. So in my dating situation, this is central because, you know, I I'm not afraid to seek help. I personally have plenty of follow through. I I have the last one too, which I won't reveal yet. But the manage negative feelings, we're if you're not getting what you want, which is called living life, there's going to be negative feelings that come up, right? So I'm particularly looking for something specifically unique in my dating world, right? There, there are very few women that I am particularly interested in and that's to be expected and, that, and that's perfectly okay. So my goal is making sure I just manage the negative feelings because I got all the other pieces in place for the most part. I just need to make sure when the negativity comes up how to deal with that because that was something I was very bad at when I was younger. In fact, <laughs> I fed on it and I and I multiplied it. Basically, there's this concept in Buddhism. I'm not a super religious person and I, I somewhat spiritual, I guess. But for me, it's more about does a practice work or not? And there are aspects around meditation, the idea, aspects around Buddhism that I find 
to be helpful in terms of pretty much everything in life, and that's including dating. But there's this concept of darts. So the first dart is when something negative happens, and that's always gonna happen, right? Let's say the first dart in this case is a woman rejects you. Okay, that's what it is, and you can leave it at that. Oh, I was rejected by that woman, move on to the next. The second dart we throw ourselves is, oh, that's because she was a such and such, or oh, that's because I'm a such and such, or that's because society, so I create all this pain with these secondary darts. Some of them might be true, maybe all of them are a little true, but it's sort of useless because all it does is bring negativity. So I've been working really hard not to allow myself to go down those paths, and that's something that I've sort of revolutionized in my life because I used to always go down the path. I used to never not go down those paths. Then I would only do it some of the time. Now I do it fairly rarely. It's not that the negative impulse doesn't come up. It typically does. It's just about what do I do with it? So you're going to get rejected if you're dating, no matter what, right? If you're doing terribly with dating, you're not dating anyone. Obviously, you're already getting rejected. And it's going to be hard to get some dates. But then you get to the point where I am looking for a very particular type of woman. You might get more rejections in terms of you're not finding the right person, right? So maybe it's not as direct a rejection, but you're not finding the person. So that's still plenty of negativity. So, I mean, you can even be a Hollywood movie star and you're flying out Eastern European fashion models as your dates. And then you're like, oh, but there is that one from, you know, Czech Republic and I, I couldn't get her on my private jet. <sighs> you know, so it's never enough in the mind of the man who is dating, who is not in the right headspace. And the key really is to manage those negative feelings. So rejection, right? When that comes up, do not try to avoid rejection, first of all, right? So there are a lot of these dating coaches will say, make it 100% rejection proof. I wrote this article called Four Lies Dating Coaches Tell. If a dating coach is telling you that you can avoid rejection, they are lying to you and they are being dishonest. And maybe they have some other good stuff to say, but that is a major red flag because you will get rejected. And the goal is not to avoid rejection. It is to learn how to weather rejection. That is, that is really it. So there are different negative components that can come into this, right? So you get shot down by a woman. So that can be really disappointing. You're probably always gonna be a little bit disappointed. You're like, I am glad that this happened. Well, maybe it was for the best, but let's be honest, there'll be some negative feelings. But then you can just laugh it off. You can move on to the next encounter, or then it can turn into resentment. Like, oh, they're, oh, they're always doing that because of the blah, blah, you know, and that is a terrible state of mind to be in. So in the future, when you build all of that resentment up, that's going to come across and it's going to affect your mental space. It's going to affect what you have to say. It's going to affect your behavior and habits. It's just not a good space to be in. And similarly, if you're in a long dry spell without any dates, you're going to feel frustrated, right? Just like frustrated, right? And that's that's gonna happen, right? That's, that's acceptable. You have other things that you can focus on as well. You keep doing what you need to do and you know eventually that dry spell will end. You can't let yourself fall into despair. So there's a difference between frustration and despair because in despair, you might give up entirely. So that's the key is not trying to sidestep this rejection because, oh, it will hurt. 
just don't make the hurt worse in your own mind on purpose. <laughs> we create so much of our own pain. And the reality is there are so many other things beside dating that we should be focusing on our lives. You know, that's that should be where the great majority of the joy and satisfaction comes is from things that we're creating ourselves. And we should be generating our own good feelings. The idea of counting on other people to provide our good feelings is probably one of the most insane things we do as human beings. That's just, it's just nutty. And not to stigmatize people who are mentally ill, but that is a form of mental illness. And it's a form of mental illness that is pretty prevalent throughout society. We all think, oh, well, if only this thing happens, then I'll be happy. Experiences don't make you happy. They're a little jolts and then some chemical squirt. You got to learn how to be satisfied in your own being. And that takes a while, man. That's a lifelong pursuit. And it's not necessarily going to just happen like that. But that should be the goal. And then you realize all these things in terms of dating, it's not that big a deal. And even if you don't get dates, you're like, whatever, I get to go out to the woods this week and go hiking and watch the wind move that pine bough and then see the sun glimmer in the grass. That's some of my best experiences by far. I had some great connections with women and I intend to have more, but that is not the centerpiece of my life. And let's get into the fourth and the final. It's not really the final quality, but it's the fourth one in this article and the final one in this article of the difference between folks who end up succeeding in terms of my clients and the ones who don't. And this is a big one. They don't make excuses. And what does that mean? What is making excuses? Well, it's just reasons why you can't do stuff. So it does tie into the others, obviously, as well with follow through and everything like that. But a lot of it is very specific excuses as to, oh, I can't do this because of this. So maybe I'm not at the right time in my life to date. So there can be people who say, oh, well, I'm a bit overweight right now. I'll wait till I'm not overweight anymore to date. And it's like, why? The idea that you lose 20 pounds and then all of a sudden everything will change is nonsense. I've seen plenty of guys who are overweight who have their stuff together and who are assertive and believe in themselves. They do just fine, believe me. So there's nothing against being physically fit. You should. That's extremely important, physical fitness. I value that very much and it's at one of the top of my list. Uh, aside from mental health is my physical health. So definitely do that. But don't put things off because that's just an excuse. You know, that's, oh, I can't go talk to women until I dress a certain way. And it's like, do you really think that that's going to make much of a difference? You know, it may attract a few more eyes. But the reality is you're working on your personality. You're working on conveying your personality. And you're working on building your character. That is really ultimately going to attract the women that you want into your life. The other stuff is pretty immaterial. But one of the big excuses I see as a coach, obviously, is people not wanting to pay anything. <laughs> and listen, I get it. I have a biased motivation in the fact that I'm coaching people and... In this society, there needs to be money involved to keep doing a particular task. But the reality is our rates are very low. 
Our rates are very low and that's because our business model is a bit different. We try to work with more clients rather than just get a handful of very wealthy clients. So we want to work with folks who might already be struggling because the reality is a lot of the folks who are struggling in their dating and social life are struggling in their work life because they don't make those connections. They don't make as good a splash. So a lot of times they don't make as much money. So we are not going to be keeping out those who can't pay. That's just not something we do. The reason I decided to do coaching is not because I immediately thought, oh, I know this will be incredibly lucrative, although we're doing well as a company, but it's because I actually want to be the person that I wish I had when I was younger who did not exist at the time, or at least I wasn't able to find them. And so I'm trying to be that coach. And this is kind of my service. And sure, I would like to ensure that this is sustainable. We have another coach working with us, Regina Hopkins. She needs to get paid as well, so we need to make the business happen. But here's the thing. When clients who I've been in touch with and they resonate with the information we're providing, because not all of them do, and that's fine, and they might some might not even be ready for coaching, but those folks, and they might take a free consult or read some articles, but then they say, yeah, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do any paid coaching. That's, it's typically not because of the rates. It's almost always because they're just not ready for the whole situation. But what's, because here's what's proven. I'll see a lot of these guys and I know for a fact they're out there, they're spending money on going to strip clubs and things like that, you know, blowing hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars on drinks and coffee every year. And then when it comes to, you know, paying maybe $60 for an online session, I don't have the funding for that. And I don't believe that for a second. I, I do, again, understand that financial situations can be precarious and you shouldn't be giving your money to anyone for just the heck of it. And you should carefully vet what coaches are doing. That's why we have our website and we have dozens and dozens of articles and podcasts and videos. You can tell we know what we're talking about. So I'm not particularly concerned about that. It's just in their mind, they can't put any money into it because they haven't told themselves that it's okay to, right? So they just want to avoid the difficulty that will be involved with setting things forward on this path because that's the reality, right? As soon as they pay that money, they know they're going to have to follow through with it and it will be some work. It's not as hard as you think. Once you get started, getting started is the hardest part, but they don't necessarily have the wherewithal at the time to really move forward. And it's an easy excuse. Oh, well, I, I don't want to, I can't pay for that. Or that's, that's too expensive or something like that. And, you know, for some of them, it may be, you know, that's, that definitely could be the case. But the idea of this tiny amount that you'd be investing into an entire lifetime of satisfaction and connection it's pretty absurd when you come to think about it, when you really just come to think about it. And thinking about it this way, people will spend a hundred bucks for a massage. And what does that last? A week or two in terms of softening your muscles. Um, other things, cleaning services will be more than that. They're just all these things that people will pay tons of money for, going out just to eat, things like that. But then when it comes to something that is probably the most valuable thing that they'll ever do, they won't be willing to pay money. And again, it's not about the money thing. 
that's what I realized over time. I've talked to so many different coaches about the, oh, should the rates be lower? The reality is this, as we've, as we've actually gotten more and more clients, we've had to increase our rates and we keep getting more clients and that's the reality of the situation because those who are willing to put in the time to improving their lives will think nothing of spending a little bit of money. It's almost the least of their expenditure. So it's just an excuse. The money thing is just an excuse. So you think about yourself right now. If you're sitting there, you listening to this podcast and you're struggling in dating, have you paid for a dating coach at all? Have you put any money into that whatsoever? Oh, I just want free advice. It's like, well, there's plenty of free advice out there and we give lots of free advice, but do you want tailor-made advice to you specifically? If you really do want that, you're probably not going to balk at the idea of paying a little bit for it. We pay for things all the time. We know that quality things will cost some money and that's just the situation and there's no point in belaboring that point but at the end of all this think to yourself which of these types of individuals are you are you, are you the ones who have these qualities of not being afraid to seek help you have follow through are you able to at least try to manage your negative feelings and do you do your best to avoid making excuses if so you might be somebody who is ready for coaching and that can level you up. And you can think, well, I'm, I'll just do all this on my own. And guess what? You might be able to. I did that to a certain degree, even though I did hire on some coaches eventually, but it took me 10 years. So you can learn what would take you a decade in probably a couple weeks of coaching. And think about <laughs> what 10 years of trying to figure stuff out on your own would cost you versus a few hours of consultation with people who get this and who can understand where you're at and how to take that next step forward. So that's all I got. Check out the article, Four Things My Successful Coaching Clients Have in Common on Introvert Unbound. That's the website is introvertunbound.com. We're also on Facebook, of course. And we do some Twitter stuff here and there. And also we've been doing videos and we're going to be doing a bit more videos. So you can certainly check that out. And be sure to subscribe to our free monthly newsletter where you can get all of these articles and the podcast and video all in one place. Hey folks, this is Wes Colton, coach, CEO, and founder of Introvert Unbound. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and got something out of it. And I hope you stay tuned for future episodes by subscribing on Podbean, iTunes, or however else you found us. If you yourself are an introvert and resonate with our message, I also recommend you go to introvertunbound.com and sign up for our free monthly email newsletter with our latest articles, videos, and other introvert-related stuff. And if you're really looking to level up your dating, social, and work life, email me at introvertunbound at gmail.com for your free half-hour, zero-obligation online consult to help you come up with a game plan to harness your strengths, shore up your weaknesses, and become the Introvert Unbound.